Jenko, happy Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. I was curious if you were going to acknowledge that. Spooky. Spooky. Spooky day. <laughs> Crypto's ripping. Is it? Crypto doesn't care. It's Friday the 13th. I, I'm trying to understand why. Oh, I don't know. Some people speculate it's a false false hope. Uh, false bull run. Going to be a massive retreat. Some people are speculating. Who knows? Stock market's not doing great, but crypto seems to be pumping right now. Bitcoin, especially. Bitcoin, I think top 1,900 or 19,000, oh, I should really? say. really? Yeah. yeah. After these crashes, it's almost, it's very difficult to trade, but it's almost, there's a strategy that I never thought about where you don't invest, you just follow it. And then- when FTX and other like abnormal things occur and things crash, you buy up the stuff that will rebound, right? Like Bitcoin at 17. If you weren't, in, if, 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 if you had extra to go, there were some easy plays, I think. But yeah, Bitcoin's at like 19.3. Maddox at 91 cents. ETH is pumping. Everything's pumping. Very good. Does that make NFTs go down? I don't really check the correlation. Well, NFTs, I mean, I saw a post on my Instagram feed from NFT Now showing the, uh, the gains on several projects, including Azuki and, and the entire Yuga family of, of, of projects. They're all up multiple digit percentage points. Down, the dogs are up. The mutants are up. It's a big run. The beans are up. The Azukis are up. Azuki's a good. Uh, it, that's a good project. I think they're going to be around a while. Well, welcome everyone to Lexline, brought to you by our friends at Rug Radio, hosted by yours truly, Carlo and Jenko. We bring it every Tuesday to Friday, twelve thirty Eastern. Talk about NFT, crypto, and blockchain legal developments. Nothing we talk about, including the last. minute of this conversation should be considered legal or financial advice if you have a specific legal question we always uh, recommend you consult a lawyer privately don't do it on a recorded twitter space because we record these twitter spaces and we put out and rebroadcast them so if you come up to speak just know you're going to get shared across multiple platforms Janko, i wanted to talk today about the gemini genesis sec lawsuit um interesting the Winklevoss brothers, as we previously reported, had been in a Twitter spat uh, with the uh, Genesis uh, platform because they had taken funds and in an interest bearing uh, account, put them in Genesis to yield interest. Genesis was then turning around and lending these funds, these cryptocurrencies out Uh I don't know if they were collateralized or not. Don't think they were fully collateralized, but in any event, they were lending them out for a higher rate than they were paying back to the Gemini holders, and that's kind of their business model. They would get interest on these loans. It started as an institutional lending platform, but then they opened it up to consumers. And, of course, can't have any conversation in this space without talking about FTX. So the FTX uh, crash in November triggered a lockup of the Genesis investor assets. 
They refused to release those assets due to the downturn in the market. This prompted Gemini through the Winklevoss brothers to issue a letter demanding that they unlock uh, the money that was tied up. That's still been going back and forth. And then in the midst of this, the SEC brought an action and they're alleging that both Genesis and Gemini engaged in the unregistered offer and sale of securities to U.S. retail investors in violation of securities law. And that's where we're at. Another SEC, how we test case for us to unpack on LexLine. Can you all retweet this? And let's see if we can bring some people in for some Friday the 13th vibes. Jenko, what do you think about this development? And of course, I'll go into greater detail of the complaint, but just on the surface of it, thoughts? Jenko, did I lose Jenko? Well, sorry, as we... I, the, the mute wasn't coming off. I, That's cool. Do you think the Twitter spat led to anything? Like, would history have been different if the Winklevoss, whatever one, didn't um, tweet and, like, kind of publicly do this stuff? Well, I think that's probably more the result of the contagion effect of FTX. If they hadn't um, leveraged and had losses due to the FTX collapse and the downturn that they reported around the collapse of FTX, that, of course, triggered the domino of the Winklevoss because investors were calling in their loans. And there were terms and conditions, and it is in in the lawsuit they talk about the terms and conditions that if investors call back, uh, they're supposed to return. The Gemini Earn program specifically began in February of 2021. Genesis and Gemini began offering the Gemini Earn program to retail investors in the United States and Hong Kong and later in Singapore. There was no minimum investment to be eligible. As of November 16th, 2022, 340,000 retail investors mostly residing in the U.S., had crypto assets invested in Genesis through Gemini's EARN program. That critical demarcation being that November. There was a tri-party agreement. Gemini had a tri-party agreement between Gemini EARN agreement, Gemini and Genesis. The agreement was a standard agreement and not individually negotiated with Gemini EARN investors. So I think it's the FTX effect. And they had a list of eligible assets. There were more than 50 eligible crypto assets that could be traded. The net rate offered to Gemini Earn investors ranged from 0.45 to 0.805% with Gemini's agent fee because Gemini retained an agent fee on these gains, which ranged from 0.06% to 4.29%, depending upon the type of crypto asset. So... They came calling for their money, couldn't get it out, Is and here we go. Now we got a CFI. We've been talking a lot about DeFi. Now we got a CFI, sort of a lending platform that's under the the uh, SEC's uh, target. Did you see Tyler say, as a matter of background, the EARN program was regulated by New York? 
and we've been in discussions with the SEC about the EARN program for more than 17 months. They never raised the prospect of any enforcement action. Yeah, it's interesting because they did, uh, I believe they registered with, Sin, with, with FinCEN, and I, I think the theory of the SEC is that this was not necessarily managed under the auspices of a security offering, and it should have been registered. I agree with you. There, there have been several months that this could have been done and, and looked into, and this complaint could have been brought at any time, it sounds like, if they wanted to treat these as unregistered. But I think now that you've got investors who are trying to get their money out, this was definitely an opening for the SEC to bring another action and another press release and another news conference. I'm trying to understand, can a loan be a security? Is a loan a security necessarily? I'm trying to, like, like can they say? Investment contract. Exactly. Like Yeah, they, they cite Howie. It's an investment contract with the expectation of a return on the efforts of others. And big brains. Like, like, can you just say... I'm going to give you a yield or do you have to be an accredited investor for for just plain, like where's the line between I'm just going to give you yield on your deposit and an investment contract or, or is all yield fall under that? Well, Birdnall's just came up according to paragraph 45, Genesis offered the Gemini earn program to obtain crypto assets for the use of its business, namely, to run its institutional lending activities, generate profit for itself, and to pay interest promised to Genesis investors and investors in Gemini Earn were primarily interested in the profit they expected the program to generate. So, I mean, that's kind of catching all the all the elements of Howie. Um, Bernals, what do you think about this? Jenko raises the question, can a lending C5 platform like this fall into the silo of an investment contract and a security that needs to be registered. That's the big question. I guess I'm asking, I'm asking, can you structure one where it falls outside of a security or are they, or is the government's claim here? You gave yield on these assets and that alone is sufficient or are they seeking more? What's up, Bruno? Yeah. So, not only under Howie, but also remember securities has a whole list of things that uh, constitute securities, one of which being a note. So the Reeves test is what people use for determining what, what constitutes a note, uh, which is a defined uh, term under uh, the uh, securities laws. So it's not only uh, potentially under Howie investment contract, but it's also almost certainly a note under both the Reeves and just the common understanding of what a note is. Um, and also, you know, that like securities laws only apply uh, when you're talking about like general offerings or things are offered for everybody. When it's, when it's private yeah, contracts, you don't, you don't have to register that as a security um, and it's private placements and it's individuals. And like, you're actually doing like credit score checks and doing like, like your mortgage um, to, to apply for your mortgage. It doesn't like, it's not like Wells Fargo has to apply with the SEC for every single individual mortgage and give disclosures required under securities laws um, for that. 
um, to offer it, they have to be able, they have to be registered and have the, and have you know, certain financial statements, things like that. But um, to, to individual do that, you don't have to like, you don't have to give the same kind of disclosures. It falls under exception for security. So that's, that's the issue here. And what I've seen discussed is more that the SEC, not so much the public fight between Gemini and Genesis, but more that the SEC understands that uh, uh, Genesis isn't long for this world is most likely going to go into bankruptcy pretty soon. And so to have somebody else on the hook to protect consumers in that case, knowing that uh, Gemini isn't going anywhere, that it's going to survive all this at the end of the day, this is just one of their products, um, that this is a way to put them on the hook as co-issuers of this security product um, to then have someone that has recourse against and collect and potentially return monies to consumers. You nailed it. You nailed it, Bernals. I mean, they do go through the Howey test analysis in the complaint. Um, I think what really is the problem here, and it was generated by that letter from the Winklevoss brother, is that there was a refusal to release um, Paragraph 31 talks about the fact that the Gemini Earn Agreement provided that the crypto asset transactions were, quote, open term unless otherwise specified. And Gemini Earn investors could terminate all or portion of their investment in Gemini Earn at any time with no withdrawal fee. Per the Gemini Earn Agreement, Genesis was also obligated to return the invested crypto assets within three business days of an investor request for repayment to a digital wallet controlled by Gemini. And then Gemini would then transfer the assets accrued and the interest to the investor's Gemini account. That is a big problem here because none of that crypto has been released. As far as I know, we're still in a standoff, right? Yeah, they haven't opened withdrawals yet. So that's an interesting issue, From the last Jenko, tweets that I read. Because what that... What that seems to suggest is that there's a liquidity crunch there and that perhaps the loans that were being made out at these higher rates, which is the vehicle that brings back to the uh, non-institutional investor these returns, they weren't collateralized sufficiently. And I guess they don't have to be burdenalls because they don't fit under these regulatory schemes and bank requirements that 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 lending institutions have to comply with. Am I missing something there? No, I think you. I think you hit it. I think the it's kind of it's kind of odd that this was able to uh, go on as long as it was when the SEC has prevented similar and gotten investigated similar uh, potential offerings to places like Coinbase. Um, so the fact that they're coming in after the fact, after this money has already been mostly lost, and and I get that they they maybe they saw that because the uh, Gemini, which is kind of understood to be goody two shoes in the crypto world when it comes to abiding by regulations. Well, they marketed themselves. Yeah. Well, I think way. yeah, they were the, they were for a while they were a darling of they, the industry, right? I mean, well, I remember. They, they branded themselves. Hey, we follow all these rules. We're regular. I do. Go ahead, I Bruno. do actually. I mean, I think that they, from just lawyers in the space that I've talked to and from looking at some of the things they've done, that they do 
register and and do a lot of things that probably aren't strictly necessary, but bootstrapped up um, for some of like the money transmitter licenses and things like that that they've done um, that I don't think many people think was strictly necessary, but they did it anyways. I do think that they mostly live up to that. So maybe that's why the SEC let this go on for as long as it was, knowing that if the House of Cards came down, there was going to be a liquid entity that is that uh, would be able to recover customer assets from. I, I don't know. I don't know why they do that for them, but not for Coinbase, which has equally uh, in my opinion, uh, abided by regulation and and uh, and registered and done their best to abide by all all laws, even even being overly cautious um, in some instances. So I, I don't know. I don't I don't get the SEC allowing it to go on as long as it was for a product that is being issued by a, a CFI entity two u.s users two u.s uh businesses that is just so clearly uh a note under reeves and almost certainly an investment contract under howie as well yeah i mean you nail it bernals it's it seems to be on its face and then the representations that are cited in the complaint about how they were marketing the product the thing that really blows my mind is this issue of are these loans supported by any collateral and I just how do you I don't understand how you how you you just you just fund loans based on FOMO it seems everything's pumping so you're going to get great returns but nobody thinks about what happens if everything plummets what's the contingency plan it's just a blind spot of hubris and is it just a really painful lesson for people to learn? What do you think, Carlo? I mean, it seems like it. I mean, it, it, I remember people talking about Gemini and, and this program, and I remember it being, you know, kind of one of the premier things to, to, to potentially put your money into. But we never really stopped to unpack, well, what happens if it all goes to shit? I'm not supposed to curse on these things. We're G-rated. Damn it. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to buzz that out. What do you do? What do you do if, if it all goes down? I mean, there, there's no collateral. Who, would, you, would you make this loan? Would I make the loan? I, I mean, I, I didn't. I looked at it and said, damn, this could all go to shit, and I didn't put my money in. But a lot of people did. Like, they marketed themselves as this safe, regulated I could certainly see how they dupe people because I it, the way they talk about it and the way that they hide things in the terms are just never aligned, much less. Yeah, I guess it's hubris to say we're going to loan it out and, and like we're no one's going to get caught holding the bag because things are just going to continue to go up, I guess, is the is the thought or you're going to develop like this web two ethos, like the more customers we have, the more monthly users we have, the more people we have on the platform, we can raise more money. Like, like it's almost as though you feel the business and the financing can catch up. I, I don't know where it comes from. I, I really don't understand it. I, I wish it didn't happen. 
First, first, I, I, I like that Carla's really concerned about the kids out there that listen to Lawline and talking about the securities <laughs> law. Berated, G rated, what the fuck? G rated for for those children that are really interested in this. But... No, no, it's the it's the it's the Apple it's the Apple podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, but also, I think just to be clear, maybe I wasn't clear. Uh, Genesis isn't isn't like a great actor in the space that has abided by all regulation has this pristine reputation while Jim and I does. And while the, the, it's called, I think the Jim and I earn program, what it really is, is it's Genesis's uh, uh, commercial lending product that they were doing that they made available to individuals that were on the Jim and I platform. So it's almost like, buying a car from a dealership or something like that where yeah there was a relationship between the entities for sure but the real the actor in the space other than just allowing people on their on their website to use this uh by Gemis, by genesis it's uh, by gemini the real actor the real one that's controlling all the loans is doing all the that's turning the knobs and and the bells is is Gena- is god i hate that these names are so close <laughs> it's uh genesis uh, which isn't the great actor that Jim and I has been as far as like regulatory compliance and things like that. There's also this issue of the way they pulled up all the assets. Jim and I basically took all of the money collectively, I think, and pulled it up and sent it to Genesis, who then loaned it out, right? Correct. Because Genesis didn't offer this kind of this product to ordinary consumers. It was only commercial scale level so that's that's my understanding of it was that uh genesis allowed people to do it by kind of pulling everybody together and then it's then allowing them to go through the 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 gemini the genesis uh lending program that they wouldn't individually be able to do it's almost it's almost kind of a spin on the mortgage crisis in the sense of you took all those terrible mortgages and rolled them all up into a package and then put them out there with some rating and some return. And then when the entire market collapsed, uh, we have a repeat of the mortgage crisis only with crypto. It's kind of almost interchangeable, isn't it? I mean, yeah, there's analogies. There's, there's the bad loans and kind of the, the overly, highly graded mortgage loans, but these are customers' funds. I guess I'm generalizing, but we keep hearing the story of like customers' funds are being used in ways that the customer didn't know or expect. And that's 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 a more egregious than like wrapping up the I guess they didn't know or expect that either. So I guess it, it is a good parallel. Well, I think, Bernal's correct me if I'm wrong, but you had two ways as a customer on, on Gemini to do this. You either could buy directly the crypto through Gemini, and then it could get loaned out in this Genesis program, or you could move your existing crypto into Gemini, and then they would broker it over to, to Genesis. So they were essentially... Uh, an intermediary, I guess, in this whole thing, where they were taking either crypto you held that you put into Gemini, Gemini or crypto you bought via Gemini, and then they would bundle it all up and loan it out 
or give it to Genesis to then loan out and pay back returns. Interesting business model. Do we know how much is at stake? I don't know. Do we know how much is, is unable to be withdrawn right now? I remember from the memo, it was like something like $900 million. I'll go back into my feed and and look for that. Um, I'll go back in my feed and look for the memo post that I did and I'll throw it up there. But I think it was like 900 million and that standoff um, is now the subject of discovery in this SEC action, I guess. So now this gets really messy because now they got to answer the complaint and they got to jump into the discovery process. Let's talk about that, how, how that's going to look. And is there other politic, potential collateral consequences that are going to come from how they respond to this lawsuit? So it's, it's strategy time. How do you play this if you're the Winklevoss brothers? I mean, it seems like they already kind of kamikaze themselves with that letter. Like I said, I don't think that the letter really changed anything. I think that there was this action was going to come either way and that, uh, that Jim and I was going to be, uh, be uh, put into it as well, uh, not only because it was all done through their platform and such, and they were kind of agents through all this process, but also because they're, uh, they're a company that, that's going to that's gonna survive all this. So they'll, they'll be able to pay any kind of fee that, that, that ends up being unrecoverable otherwise. So uh, I think that I think they kind of, Maybe there was a kamikaze. I don't know. I don't know if they if they thought that this was coming either way. So why not just throw out the letter? But it, it seems kind of, again, it's just this weird area that we talked about yesterday where people were making all these public statements and doing all these things that in years past you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily see. All this is done behind closed doors. So yeah, it is strange. It public. It is strange. What's up, Golden? Golden Crypto in the house. Part of the rug team. Welcome. It is strange because it seems like they were trying to sound an alarm bell because they realized, um, okay, damn, we've got all these investors who want their money back and we're getting, we're getting denials of that request. So we better put out something publicly to show that we're trying to be responsible here and trying to, um, I don't know, shame or, or, or get Genesis to release these funds and, then the SCC drops this complaint. And now um, I'm just curious how they're going to approach this as far as legal counsel for these brothers. Yeah, they're probably going to settle, pay a big fine. And uh, is this the end of Gemini? Is it over? Because nah, obviously Gemini's it's in, fine. You think Gemini's fine as a, as a crypto purchasing platform? It's just the loaning arm that's going to be suffering? Yeah, this is such a small aspect of the Gemini business as a whole that they'll they'll be fine through all this, even if they do end up having to pay a fine a fine on behalf of Genesis for all for some of these actions. That they'll they'll be fine. Like I said, that's I think the reason the SEC named them is that if if Genesis uh, isn't long for this world, like everybody expects, that there's still somebody holding the bag that can actually pay. Uh, pay the piper at the end of the day wow so gemini is taking a very hard fall potentially for genesis and uh 
I guess they're going to have to try to settle this in a way that makes all of these investors whole. Um, it's sad because in the end, it's the it's the individual investors that are that are locked out. Oh, well, we'll keep an eye on this one, Jenko, and see where it goes. Anything else to talk about today on a Friday? You still thinking about doing the uh, the Yuga Mint? <laughs> There's just so much opportunity out there. I can't. <clears throat> what I would do is, like John said yesterday, like send the token to, to my nephew or something. But I, I just feel like I want to experience it. I'm going to play the game. I'm probably going to get the lowest score, but I, they're just doing so many innovative things and the, the, the market kind of looks to them. So I don't know. It's kind of a, a way to look into the future. Um, but I can't spend time trying to actually win. Although I do think the winner is going to be a group that said, Hey, fuck it. Let's spend three weeks trying to um, win this thing. And they will. So I don't think there'll be a gas war on this because it's 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 claimed by all the people who own assets within the board ape uh, ecosystem. Then there'll be the secondary sale um, where people like uh, you know me or I don't know you maybe if I don't know if you have any holdings in that in that ecosystem, but I guess you can buy on secondary. So it's going to present. Uh, it's going to present ape holders with a lot of liquidity that hopefully they can put back into, into the NFT marketplace. Maybe, maybe that's what happens. I, or maybe the liquidity that's here will gamble on this thing and it, there won't be anyone to sell it to. So like, I, I don't know, a lot of things can happen. This is just such a unique playing field it's tough to gauge it it, it's it's weird because we have so much data but it's just so nascent just so small it's like the things that should play out or might play out they just don't always um the difference between four out of five times the difference between you know four out of five times and nine out of ten times is big in this and, and like that's so so just and that small sample size kind of throws things off when you're dealing with just low volume and, and stuff like that so i don't know it's it's interesting to see that like you said bitcoin and the coins are still pumping but like i don't know what that means and i don't know how how it can be sustained the more yeah. use cases of ethereum the more ethereum becomes the apple store and products are built on it, then I think that the investable stuff, like it just happens because people will buy ETH, they're usematic, they will use these things and, and, and learn more about the R. And I, I think that kind of is a natural way. In the short term, I don't know. Very tough to gauge. I wonder if you can buy these sewer passes with ApeCoin. Well, I think ApeCoin can be used to buy or list things on OpenSea. So there will be a, a way. And I think ApeCoin is a way to like level up when you're playing. Yes, that's been reported. You yeah. can boost. You can boost you can your boost, game experience. You can, you can boost the game experience. Maybe that helps with um, your score, etc. But they're talking about two ApeCoin for a boost. I mean, people are sitting on thousands. So it could get 
and and then I don't know what 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 happens with the coin. It goes into some sort of a treasury. I don't know if they've made promises on how long they're going to hold it or what. So so price dynamics are just it's pretty chaotic. This could be an interesting play by them if you're thinking about strategy and game theory. This could be the test case for how they're going to approach the other side because they need to create a use case for that ape coin if if it's going to be a viable in ecosystem um, currency. So this could be this little short window could be sort of the the beta test for how they're going to implement and use that ape coin within a game ecosystem as the as the token to enhance the experience. And then maybe that translates to, to the other side. You know, they, they're so, they keep their cards so close to their vest, who knows? But this seems like a beta test to me more than anything. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, you're right. Like, like certain aspects, like it is a look into the future. Like if they're going to use ApeCoin to be a boost or an in-game currency, these types of three-week, sprints and getting the user feedback are perfect ways to kind of like introduce it and see what works and get the, get the bugs out. I think you're absolutely right. Because it would certainly be safer to do it on something like this with a small window um, as opposed to trying to drop something massive on the, on the other side deeds, which would be a much heavier lift. And then of course we still have, um, many questions about the securities implications of all of that. So this gives them maybe something pretty straightforward that, that could be that test case. It's interesting, man. There's some big brains over there. They're definitely thinking at a different level than, than a lot of other projects. And, and they always approach things. Um, they always seem to be on the front, on the front end and on the, on the, on the, on the edges with how they approach things. It's interesting. Yeah, they certainly do the unexpected. Um, I'm rooting for them. I want it to go smoothly, and I want the people who participate to, to, to enjoy it. I want it to be fair. I don't want there to be controversy, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, we got a good crowd in the House of Lawyers that I see out there. Thanks we- for uh, the hosting this week. Did Did we have – was there another case that was – no, Genesis, Gemini, Yuga. Uh, there was nothing I'd else love really to, on our agenda, right? Well, there's this issue of AI and copyright, but I'm we not need all, to prep for that, I think. Yeah, and I, I we need to bring in some of the some of the we need to prep for that. Yeah, and we it's need some of the IP day. brains. Like, there's articles every day kind of on that. So there's definitely something looming there. Um, that's gonna be a major area of contention with respect to all this content that's being created. I was listening to a conversation yesterday about logos and how you can plug in the parameters for a brand logo and then you can, you know, spit out a logo image. And then, that, you know, that ties into how you're going to register that thing. I know that there's been debate about like ETH Denver. ETH has the ETH Denver has the ETH logo and ETH, is I think uh, something that is registered but not being actively enforced out there. Um, 
Is it diluting the ETH logo or is it enhancing the the ETH logo? Those are the, some of the questions to talk about with some of our big brain IP people. We'll have to talk to them and schedule it and make sure this stuff happens. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a deep conversation. Um, and it's, it's fun because like everyone's talking about it again, like the law is taking center stage where folks are really interested in taking part in the conversation. Yeah, because you, you, you do see that ETH logo integrated into a lot of things. Um, it's in a lot of NFTs. It's in a lot of logos for, for a lot of things that are integrated into this space. And it is registered, but it doesn't seem to be that the foundation is, is, is at all interested in doing anything with respect to that. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. The whole, the whole space evolves and moves so fast. I'm curious to see how it all plays out. But that is definitely a conversation I'd love to have in the future to kind of unpack that and also get a little more insight into this argument of, of the AI generation and the copyrightability of AI-generated stuff. I think that's going to drive people at the copyright office crazy for years to come. Exactly. Or they're going to come out with pretty clear new guidance or rubric so they don't have to struggle you know like it's the trademark and well it's complex but it's 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 i think open to being less rigid than some of the things we've seen from other like regulatory and enforcement agencies i think that they can you know sit back and, and be like, wow, times are changing. Like, let's apply this tech or apply our basic legal principles to this new thing. I mean, I think that it's definitely interesting on the copyrightability and trademarkability of uh, things that are created by uh, AI. And I definitely am looking forward to when, the, when we can get some other attorneys in the space to talk about that. I think one of the big issues also is just the, the use of all these, all the internet and such, when the, this AI is developing uh, their their answers to things, and what what are we going to require as far as like attribution, and how is this going to fit into our, our traditional understanding of fair use, and is is AI going to have to give like a link to like the the internet source that was most valuable in creating its answer as an attribution, and how is that going to work as far as like fair use goes? Same thing, like. If you have, if you have an art student who studies a bunch of paintings by other individuals and then goes off and makes something of a similar style, that's totally fine. But then when you plug in a computer that's doing it, is that now making a derivative work uh, based on the fact that it's being done by a machine as as opposed to an individual that could likely do the exact same thing that we wouldn't consider derivative under that because there's no way to show that it was it was taken from that single that that piece of art as opposed to when you you know using a AI. So I think those are going to be the big issues. Is that I mean that it's easy enough for the people to make up rules as far as the what can be registered, what's sufficient human interaction, what, what's sufficiently minimally creative when we're talking about AI, like those rules and things like that are going to be, are going to be something that can be developed and I, I trust will be developed. The bigger thing is like, how are we going to, what, 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 what inputs AI uses 
Um, how is that going to be licensed? How is that going to fit within our understanding of fair use? How is that? How are people going to be able to commercialize uh, these AI products using data that doesn't necessarily belong to them? Those are the topics we need. To <laughs> I was t- taking notes. We'll set it up. That's a yeah. multi-day discussion. I think that's a conversation worth having, and uh, definitely, definitely want to bring in and and rally some of the uh, some of the IP troops. I know Omri, Ellie, have strong views on that. Um, so maybe we can organize a little group chat about that and try to get that on the agenda. Uh, I'm going to scroll through. I see some. Uh, I see some comments that have come down, which is cool. I always appreciate when people comment on what we're talking about. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things going on. Um, I guess when it comes to NFTs and the use of the of the ETH logo, I guess if you can make the argument that it's transformative, I guess that gives you some cover. Isn't that always the kind of fallback when it comes to these things? If you're transforming. The work, I've, I remember Ash talking about stuff like that. So I guess that's how a lot of people are able to integrate that in and make the argument that they've somehow transformed the work. There's Ash gave me a fist. Yeah, yeah, he gave me a fist. So I guess I'm on to something or, there. Or, or that they're, um, I, I, I don't even know the limits of that educational one. We'd have to lay that out there, but... Um... Yeah, that's right. There's also that exception for education and crap like that for for a sponsored event. I don't know what education is being there, but that was a good that that sets the table for another good discussion. Um, For sure. For sure. All right. Well, it is Friday. Go to Monday. Go go into Tuesday. Yeah, man. I think it's a good place. Uh, We definitely unpacked the Genesis Gemini case think there's some good things to go back and listen to if you would reshare if you share that and uh, retweet it that'd be appreciated Jenko, i always appreciate these conversations thank you bird for coming up to talk and thank you to everyone who joined us today we'll be back at it on tuesday and i'm sure there'll be more to talk about as always so i hope everyone has a phenomenal weekend and uh enjoy this friday the 13th absolutely enjoy the weekend everyone peace everybody we'll talk soon